You've heard of BetaShares. You've probably seen the logo on our podcast. You might even be among their 1 million investors. So you can imagine that I'm delighted to say BetaShares is the official ETF partner of the Australian Finance Podcast. With nearly 100 exchange-traded funds, you can go to betashares.com.au and immerse yourself in ETFs and unique insights covering all of the sectors, themes, core and satellite positions you could want. Think cybersecurity through the Hack ETF, robotics and AI with the RBTZ ETF, and uranium with the URNM ETF. The list goes on. To explore the BetaShares ETF range, visit betashares.com.au, read the relevant PDS and TMD on the website, and consider if the fund is right for you. BetaShares Capital Limited is the issuer. Is there a Spotify wrapped for investing? If you want to invest in shares or ETFs, our friends at Perla are more than one step ahead of the curve. On average, people who use Perla invest $1,750 every month. That's what we want to see, proper dollar cost averaging. With automated investing tools making your life simple, Perla investors have well and truly mastered the art of investing small bits lots of times. So if you're ready to start growing your net worth in 2024, follow the link in your Spotify or Apple podcast player right now to discover how you can get started today. Hey there, here's a quick note. This podcast contains general financial advice only. That means it's not specific to you, your needs, goals, or objectives. So don't act on the information until you've spoken with your financial advisor. You'll find our full disclosure, disclaimer, and link to our financial services guide in the show notes. Hello, I'm Kate Campbell. And I'm Owen Rask. And you're listening to the Australian Finance Podcast. A podcast where we talk about money, finance, investing, and all that good stuff. We're helping you invest your time and money better one podcast episode at a time. Yes, so please subscribe if you like the series. And don't forget you can find us on social media. We're on all the platforms. Kate, where can people go? You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Rask Australia. That's R-A-S-K Australia. Mm -hmm. And I'm Owen Rask on Twitter. Or Owen Rask AU on Instagram. Beware the imitators. People like to copy us. Without further ado, let's jump in to today's episode. Mrs. Kate Campbell, welcome to this episode of the Australian Finance Podcast. It is a wonderful to be back, Owen. Yeah, we are talking uh, about a listed investment company. L-I-C for short. Lick, even shorter. Yes, so we're breaking our rule from just covering share and ETFs in our regular monthly deep dive series, and we're talking about a listed investment company today, which we'll refer to as LICS throughout the episode. In particular, AFIC, the Australian Foundation... Investment Company. Yeah, long name there. (laughs) I only know it as AFIC, really. Yeah, you fell asleep halfway through. Um, So AFIC uh, is really popular with our broker sponsor, which is Perlo. It's the second most popular... Lick on the Perla platform. Uh, so if we refer to Lick, it's just like when we say ETF instead of exchange traded fund. We'll explain the differences. We'll go into what uh, I guess AFIC does, like what it does for you, what it does as a business, all that type of stuff. Um, we'll probably get some questions. If you do have questions, be sure to send them through to us on social media or if you're a Rascor member, jump into the community. Just a reminder that even if we do do a review of a share or an ETF, we're not necessarily recommending this particular thing. Neither Kate nor I, at the date of recording, which is the 10th of November 2022, have a position in AFIC. They are not a sponsor. We don't. We don't. They don't know. We only just realised they're actually <laughs> their office is about 50 metres from ours, and so we don't. Yeah, there's no connection. But we also wanted to stress that just because we have it on the show doesn't mean we're recommending it. 
um, please, if you do need to seek the advice of a advisor, please go and do that. They can take into account your needs, goals, and objectives. Okay, Kate, where do we start? Yeah, so a lot of people first heard about Licks through reading The Barefoot Investor. Yes, they did. Because it mentioned Afik, I believe it mentioned Argo. It's been a little while since I've picked up the book. Yep. But that sort of brought back awareness of listed investment companies because they've been around for a long, long time. I mean, Afik's been running since uh, the early 1900s. Mm, so crazy. quite a long time. And the other thing that he mentioned in that book, you may remember, was the BWP Trust, which is the tr- property thing. He said, you can invest in property from 500 bucks. Uh, and that's a different type of thing again. So we've got ETFs, we've got LICs, which we're talking about today, and then we've got REITs, which is what that thing was. So there's so many different acronyms. But yeah. today we're focusing on the the tasty sounding one, which is LIC. Yeah, and so a lot of older investors are familiar with LICs because they were around long before ETFs hit the scene. So long before. Before you had the option to invest in a really simple ETF that gave you access to the top 200 companies all in one trade, listed investment companies kind of filled that role. Yeah. Um, these these guys have been around for a long time, whereas ETFs really only started in ni- the 1990s in the United States. So if you think about that, they're like the originals. Um, is that a reference to some sort of vampire diaries? Anyway. I th- didn't think you'd get that one, Owen. But <laughs> so, <laughs> whoa, what go. has it been doing in his spare time? So, yes, licks yeah. with the originals. And a listed investment company is a company listed on the stock exchange, like you can buy Telstra and you can buy BHP. You can also buy shares in a listed investment company. And what that company does in terms of the company we're talking about today, is goes and invest in shares of other companies. So AFIC is made up of a basket of heaps of large Australian companies like you'd see in your ASX 200 ETF. So names like CBA and Telstra and BHP are all there in the top holding list. Mm-hmm. And they manage this and they have a team of experts, they've got a board. So it's similar to a company like Telstra where you've got a board and you've got shareholders and you've got they pay dividends and they have an office and there's all sorts of expenses in running the company. But it's a little bit different in terms that with an ETF, you have the ETF provider and they'll charge a management fee. Mm-hmm. Whereas the ETF, uh, the LIC fee is a little bit different. Yeah. Have you, just quickly though, have you ever heard the myth about the quarter pounder? No. From McDonald's? It's a myth. And someone that works in Macca's could prove us wrong here. Uh, there's a myth that if you eat a quarter pounder, when you eat it, it is actually you don't put on a quarter of a pound. Do you know that? Mm. And I'll tie this in with licks in just a second. Because when you buy an ETF, what you buy, pay for it, it's exactly what you get or thereabouts. So it'd be like five bucks, say, you get $5 worth of shares. But with a lick, this is the key difference. In a lick, you may not get exactly the value that you think. You might be getting, instead of the quarter pounder analogy, you might be getting just a few grams less or a few grams more. And that's something that will recur throughout this conversation. I just want to bring that up. Just remember that in your head, the quarter pounder analogy. Don't go out and eat two quarter pounders because you don't think you put on the weight. But um, this is a key thing. And so to get into on your point here, Kate, basically what happens is the the key thing to remember here is that with the lick, they're paid uh, like a, a fee. There's like a management team and a management company that manages the portfolio. So this would be like if you and I went and we put I don't know, $1,000 together uh, and we had $2,000 in there, we would pay someone to manage that money for us. And that would be under an agreement. All right. So we'd invest in this fictitious company and they'd do the investing for us. 
Now, you might be thinking, well, Kate, what's the difference between, say, buying Telstra and buying BHP? When you buy Telstra, you basically, you're investing in the shops, the network, and you're getting all of the things that Telstra does, right? But some people recognize that, well, Telstra, if it wanted to, it could take, you know, instead of giving dividends out, it could just go and invest in another company that does mining, or it could go and invest in another thing that does agriculture, right? And so it could all of a sudden have so many different parts to it, and it would start to invest in those things. So it would be an investment company. And that's basically all the lick is. It just it doesn't actually run a business. It just invests in other businesses. Yeah, their business is to invest. Yeah, and there's... In there, there's a management agreement to run that effectively. And Argo and Lick uh, and Affix, sorry, are two of the lowest price price licks, like in terms of the the fees that they take, which is why they've performed so well over such a long time. Yeah, because fees make a huge difference over time. Yeah, and so the the key I've already mentioned the difference is like when you buy. We'll get to some jargon in a minute, but when you buy this thing in your brokerage account, you buy it same as you'd buy an ETF. The difference is this one's going to be managed by a team. And we can see on the board of directors here, we've got uh, John Patterson, we've got Mark Freeman, we've got Rebecca D. Bradbury. So we've got people that actually run the thing, right? And they're identifiable. And when you've got an ETF, it's like a company runs it and they just follow some thing, like an index. And the, that's another key difference between ETFs and say this thing, is if you invest in VAS, which is the VAS ETF, which is what we call passive, it just buys the top 300. Yeah. When you invest in this thing, people will make decisions about which shares go in and which shares go out. And that's the key distinction there too. Yeah. And the holdings are fa- fairly similar in AFIC as we'll go through as they are maybe in your A200 ETF, mm. but they're not the same. Yeah. And so the key distinction just to remember is that the, these can be actively managed. Yeah. And some licks are a lot more active and their fees ratios are higher. Yeah, they can be a lot, lot higher, particularly if they're doing something different. So this is a quite a, what I would say is a vanilla one. This one just invests in Australian shares. But you can get some licks that will invest in really complicated things. And sometimes that can work. And so people will say, well, what's better, an ETF or a lick? And it depends on what you want to invest in Mm. is basically the answer. Should we also talk about how licks are close-ended? Yeah, I think that's really important. So do you want to explain that? Yeah. So when the lick decides to list on the ASX, they might start with 100 shares valued at a dollar each. And so you people can buy and sell them on the exchange, but the 100 shares remains, there's only 100 shares. Yep, this is the same. So unless they do something complicated like raise capital, there just remains 100 shares. Mm-hmm. And you can pay a higher price or a lower price. We'll talk a little bit later in the episode as per Owen's burger analogy about discounts and premiums. But with an ETF, they're open-ended. So if I want to buy some units of an ETF and Owen wants to buy some units of the ETF, the provider who creates the ETF can keep making more units because they just have to go out and buy that basket of holdings, those BHP, CBA, Telstra, underneath. So the ETF can keep growing and growing and more and more investors can buy units in that ETF. There's no limit. Yeah, and that's the same in the reverse. When you want to sell, what happens most of the time is you don't actually sell to another investor. You sell back to what we call the market maker or the authorized participant. This is a company inside an ETF Yeah. that acts, but like if you buy a beta shares ETF, there's a company that sits between you and them. Typically, it's not another investor. And what you're doing is you're trading your units 
and they're going and selling all the shares from the basket and giving that cash to beta shares. And then it comes back to you, sorry. And so it, in that instance, it's a bit different because it's unlimited, right? Whereas with a listed investment company, it's just like BHP has a set number of shares, so does the listed investment company. And so what happens is when the lick first starts, that's probably the most important time for it because at that time you said there's 100 shares available at a dollar. Now, you can have more than that, like they will have more than that. They'll have, say, 10 million shares or 100 million shares at a dollar, right? That's typically the sizes that we're talking about. And then what happens is everyone starts to trade those shares. So the company gets its $100 million and it goes and invests in things. In this case, AFIC is investing in CSL, CBA, BHP, Telstra, that sort of stuff. So the value of what's inside it, all those shares that it's bought, will fluctuate up and down which is different to an ETF. It also fluctuates up and down, but the share price of an ETF will always match the value of those investments. With a lick, because there's only a limited supply of shares, if you and I are competing for the same shares and there's only a limited supply because it's closed end, the share price can go way up because everyone's trying to bid it up because I want to invest with Afik. And you're saying, no, I want to invest with Afik. Yeah. So they can't create any more every time there's a new transaction. So what happens is the price goes up but what they're invested in stays the same. And that's where we get things, what's called a premium. Mm, the share price a, is above. a discount between what people are prepared to pay through their brokerage account because I could say, oh, I just want to pay up to $6 and yeah. the basket of yeah. holdings underneath is only worth $5 a share. Yeah. And so there would be a dollar premium. So this would be if we go back to the uh, quarter pounder analogy, if a quarter pound is five bucks and you're only getting less than a quarter of a pound of food, that's your overpaying, right? And that's what we call a premium. You pay a premium for that. Now, it could be the other way that when you eat the quarter pounder, you put on more weight uh, and that's called a discount. And so you don't have that with ETFs because you get exactly what you pay for because mm. they're constantly creating or destroying units. Yeah. Whereas with a lick, there's a limited supply. So it can go all over the place. And there's usually a delay with licks. So ETFs, at any point, you can go to the website, see the holdings and yep. see the pricing. Whereas listed investment companies, like the one we're talking about today, release their holdings list, their performance, the price of the the basket, they release that at the end of each month. Yep. And so, so there's a little bit of a gap between what you can see on your brokerage account and what is reflected on the website often. Yeah. So, for example, we are recording this on the 10th of November. And the latest numbers that we have from the AFIC website are from October 31st, so 10 days ago. And we, that's that when we're referencing CBA, CSL, BHP, etc. That's what we're looking at. And so that's important to understand because some people will be like, oh, well... The value of the investments inside of this lick, which is called NTA, just for these people, if you see this jargon around, NTA just means net tangible assets or the assets inside. When they say that, oh, look at all the, the value of all the shares inside is $7, but the share price is $6.50. Therefore, it's a bargain. No, because that number that you said it's $7 of all the things inside of it, that could have been updated a month ago. So you have to be careful. It might have fallen since then. Mm. And you just don't, you have delayed information. So there are some key differences here. Kate, do you invest in any listed investment companies? I have invested in Argo at the beginning of my journey, but no, I don't have, unless we're talking about salt pads. Yeah, so that's... It's a little bit different. Yeah, so even though we have these things on the ASX called listed investment companies, any company can take the shareholder money and go and invest it in a new project or another company. Like We've heard of mergers and acquisitions before where companies come together that 
in itself is a type of investment, right? The only difference with a lick is that it doesn't have an one identifiable business unit. It just says, yeah, we go, we just buy anything, really. Um, and so what you mentioned before was Washington H. Sol Pattinson, which is basically a lick. That's been around for over 100 years. So if you think about that, that was the original of the original, right? And then these things came along, and then ETFs came along. Um, and so I don't own any of these at the moment, but what I would say is that's not because I don't think that they're great. If you read Peter Thornhill's book... Um, you will see that listed investment companies are fantastic for people that want fully frank dividends. That's probably the purpose of these things, to be honest with you, is that they're great at collecting fully frank dividends. And because they're a company, they pay the, they pay, collect their own franking credits. So it's like double franking credits. And so these things have definitely got a place in a portfolio. I see them as being much more common with older investors than younger investors. And investors who are focused on passive income they play a big role in their portfolios. So, Kate, you got some fast facts about AFIC? Yeah, I think we should just run through a quick few things. So, AFIC has been running since the early 1900s. They mm-hmm. they have over 160,000 shareholders. Crazy numbers. So, that's quite a lot. Yep. Low portfolio turnover. As Owen mentioned, the frank dividend stream, they're famous for paying dividends on a very regular basis. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've got an experienced investment committee and management fees. So you might be able to break this down a little bit, but they explain it as 0.16% per year or $1.60 per $1,000 invested. And that was from their latest annual report. Yeah. So this is, as you can see, you know, they say here, the cost of running AFIC, such as director's fees, registry fees, investment administration costs, um, is paid out of the revenue. So it is a company that runs the investments. Yeah. And that's that's typical and it's very low. Like if you compare that to some managed funds or some other types of investments you could make, it's very low. Another uh, fun fact, which we mentioned from the Perla data, is that it's the second most uh, invested in LIC. Which on is their platform. On yeah. their platform, which interestingly from Perla as well, because we asked them for this data and it's also available on their website. Um it was about equal with the most traded share, which was Qantas, which we were surprised by because it shows that a lot of the people on Perla are investing for long-term. Like, this is a long-term investment. It's boring, right? Yes, boring absolutely long-term. a long-term one. Yeah. Um, pretty even split between male and female. The average age of an AFIC investor on Perla is 37 years old. Okay, I've got a couple of years. And the, the size of it? Yes. Like the market cap, the fund size, whatever we want to call it, is nearly $9 billion. Yeah, so this is a big... Pretty big. This is a big one. That's why... So these listed investment companies, because this is the key insight for anyone that wants to take their knowledge to the next level. Inside of an ETF, you've got investments that are constantly bought and sold. Now, what happens with those is they're really good if you want to invest in just like big boring companies or US companies and you want to do that from Australia. Like IVV we've spoken about does US shares. Really good. But if you want if you want to invest in something that does something different, you would want to consider a listed investment company. And the reason is this. If you imagine that you run this thing and you've got $9 billion, right? And you go, okay, I need to go in and find investments for all of our shareholders. Now, if you run an ETF, you are beholden to whatever your investors are doing. So if you want to pull your money out today, you can do that because that's the rules of an ETF. But if you want to pull your money out of 
the listed investment company, your money isn't coming from their investment portfolio. It's coming from another shareholder who buys them from you. And so what happens is AFIC can sit back and go, well, we've got all this money. We'll invest for the long term, Mm. knowing that we've got this money captured and we can make long-term investments. And so some of the best small cap like small company investors in the country use listed investment companies, not ETFs for that reason. Because they don't have to worry about the money coming in and out of their fund. Yeah. For example, let's say that you you had $9 billion like AFIC does, and they've got uh, about 10% of their portfolio is just invested in CBA alone. So that's like over $800 million worth of CBA shares. If You can't just go, I want to take my money out of AFIC, and then AFIC has to go, oh, scratching their head, we have to sell $800 million of CBA shares. We're not going to be able to do that. And so this is why this structure can work. Yeah, and this parcel of CBA shares has been built up over decades because they would have had CBA many decades ago because they've been going for so long and they would have slowly built that position as um, they grew the fund. Yeah, and so this is the key thing here is they can be long-term investors and they can control when they pay franking credits, like they can be more in control, whereas inside of an ETF – you technically own all the shares that you're investing in. So what that means is if the ETF provider has to sell one of them, you get the capital gains tax report. You know at the end of the year how, uh, say, GlobalX or Vanguard sends you a statement that says, here's your here's your capital gains tax, here's your income, blah, blah, blah. Well, you won't get that from a, a lick because they don't have to report that to you because you don't technically own the investments inside, you just own the shares. Yeah, you're just a shareholder of the company. So a normal shareholder. So you'll just get a normal dividend statement because they do pay dividends in around February and August every year. Yep. Now, Kate, I think we've talked about this on the show before. Speaking of dividends, we've talked about how there is a very, very, very special thing. And we'll just mention it. We'll put links in the show notes to this. But this is a very interesting reason why people own AFIC. Can you give us the kind of basics? Yes. So you've heard of a dividend reinvestment plan, a DRP. Well, there's this other thing called a DSSP, which is a dividend share substitution plan. Mm -hmm. And only a few listed investment companies offer this because it's a special ATO ruling, which means that so you can turn on a dividend reinvestment plan for AFIC. I'm sure many investors Some of our listeners that. would have done that, yep. But you can also use, and they've got a lot of information on their website because it's a really hard thing to understand, yep. um, called about the dividend share substitution plan, which you can turn on for your AFIC shareholding. And so instead of receiving a dividend, which you'll get as additional shares or um, or yes. cash in your bank account, mm-hmm. you can turn on this dividend share substitution plan and you'll get additional shares rather than a dividend. And so you don't have to pay income tax on them as you receive them, but it does change your cost base and you're going to have to pay more in capital gains tax further on. So a lot of people like Mm. this because they're investing for a long time and maybe they'll plan to sell it in retirement or they want to give it to their children. And so they're expecting they'll have a lower tax environment when they sell it. And so the capital gains they incur, they won't have to pay as much tax because it's going to a lower income earner. Yeah. So I'm going to give you an example and try and break yes. this down. And that's brilliant, <laughs> though. No, that, that was brilliant. Like, you did really well. Um, I don't mean, I, yeah, it's a complicated thing. I've never used it personally. And neither. there's only a few licks in Australia that offer this. And the details are probably a little bit different because it's a special ATO document, which is really long. <laughs> so basically, when you, when you invest for the long term, a lot of people like to receive dividends. 
in cash. But some people like to take those dividends and have them automatically reinvested. Now, if you think about it, if you're receiving cash as income, passive income, don't we all love that? You should pay tax on that because it's income, just like every other, like you're a job, right? Now, people will be like, well, but if I reinvest the dividends, I'm technically not getting the cash. But you are because it's going towards your investment. So you still have to pay tax on that income. Let's say you receive $200 of dividends this year. Well, that's even if you don't get it in your bank account and it just gets reinvested into another share, then that's still income you have to disclose. With this particular ruling, what actually happens is you forego that. You don't have to worry about that tax implication, but it gets added to your capital gains tax bill when you eventually sell. And you have to elect this. So this is not something that automatically happens. And this is important for some people, and we're not given tax advice, but it's important for some people who say, well, you know what? I don't want to pay tax now, but I'll be happy to pay it in the future when, say, I'm in retirement and maybe I'm earning less. And so that's how people can use this quite interesting thing. And I don't know how they got this past the ATO, like, to be honest. Of all things, like uh, it's, it's interesting. But it allows some people to build a base. And AFIC must be loving it. Yeah, I, I feel like it is trying to encourage long-term investing and really keeping this for decades. Yep. And so it's probably great for the Australian economy overall because you're remaining invested in large Australian businesses. Yep, agreed. So we've got a list here, Kate, of some of the big investments, which we can put, we'll put a link to in the show notes depending on when you listen to this. But maybe if we can just go through the top, say 10 or you just pick out some names and I I think I know all of them on there so I'm happy to say what it does if you want to pick out some names. Yeah so if you've been listening to some of our recent ETF review episodes you whether it's VDHD or VAS or A200 you would have heard about some of these large Australian businesses and some of the names you see in AFIC are quite similar. Now this list is as of the end of October because they release it once a month but As Owen mentioned before, CBA is their largest holding at about 10% of the portfolio. So if you invested $1,000 into AFIC, around $100 of your portfolio would be in Commonwealth Bank shares. Yeah. And it's basically remember, and I'll just add one little thing in there, is just remember you're investing in AFIC, which is investing. Um, But it's if you were to own the shares, it would be exactly the same. Like look through, we call that look through, like what are they doing basically and what are you getting? So if I'm reading the fine print here, it's percentage of the total portfolio, but it excludes cash. So They might have some cash put aside. That's that's another thing an ETF can't do, is an ETF can't make a decision to say, oh, we're just going to hold some cash. An ETF can't do that. Yeah. So So, if you looked at the annual report, that's probably a sensible thing I should have found beforehand. But if you look at the annual report, it will probably say what their cash position was. Yeah, it will disclose everything. So um, the thing is here, you can see that this portfolio in the top 20 uh, five positions here, that's $6.7 billion. And we said the whole thing was worth about $9 billion before. So that's a lot. Um, there are some really interesting companies on this list, though. Like a company that we've got at number 18 on the list is ResMed. ResMed is the global leader in sleep apnea masks. So if you know someone who goes to sleep with a humidifier or vent- like a ventilator type thing beside their bed and a- wear a mask, and that kind of looks like they're from... I think it was the Argent, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger film Freeze or something like that, or where he has like a mask on, or Bane from Batman. This is this is the company that makes those. Um, there's Reese Plumbing in there. Reese is one of the biggest companies in Australia, and they've decided to invest in it. That's, that's, yeah. Many people know Even that. Even one of their holdings on their list is the ASX. So some people don't know, but the Australian Stock Exchange 
is actually a company that's listed on the Australian Stock Exchange yep, itself. It's one so of the biggest. Bit of inception there, but that is one of the holdings. We've got names you'll know about, CSL, BHP, all of the other banks. Yep. Um, We've even got like uh, Amcor in there, which does packaging. Uh, we've got uh, carsales.com, which is the leading car sales uh, website in Australia. It's really profitable. Speaking of another car business there, we've got ARB, which does the bull bars for 4x4s. Um, there's a company called Main Freight in there. Now, Main Freight is a business that you might see them on the freeway. There's a lot of logistics and that sort of stuff. One of the best performing companies, not just in Australia, but in New Zealand. Hmm. We're talking about that yesterday. One of the best performing companies. Uh, and so many great uh, businesses in there. And you get all of that. And you get the active management of the AFIC team who kind of manage the portfolio. And you get that for a very low fee, which is why it's interesting. Yes. Where do we go next? Kate? Should we talk a little bit about premium and discount? Because yes. it is trading, as far as I could see, at a premium at the moment. So and that would mean that the share price is... Higher than the value of the baskets. And the number, the NTA or the the value of the baskets that they list on the website is a lower figure than the share price. Yeah, cool. So what tends to happen, just so you know, is they tend to express it in numbers. So they might say... Um, we're at like one would mean that the value of the investments inside the NTA is equal to the share price. So one, a negative would mean that it's below, a positive would mean it's above. And we sometimes call NTA, not to say another thing, we call it book value. It's just, I don't want to bring too much jargon into this conversation, but the thing about AFIG, and it's probably one of the best uh, listed investment companies, is it almost always trades at a premium. So meaning that the share price is above what the value is inside of it. Now, some critics will say that why would you pay $1.20 for a dollar of value? Now, the, the I guess the rebuttal to that is, well, because I want to invest in this for a very long time and I expect that the dollar value inside will grow to above $1.20 over time. And that's fair. Another thing to keep in mind with these guys is they also pay very generous franking credit. So you'd always expect it to be, provided they're investing well, you'd always expect it to be in demand. There are many listed investment companies, however, which do not trade at a premium. They trade at a discount. So it's this really weird, speaking of Inception, Kate, this is a really weird thing. Like, you ever heard of that thing, you can buy a dollar for 60 cents? Or like, you can get a dollar for 50 cents. That's like this thing where people are like, what do you mean? Well, it's what like mean? when um, those debt companies will buy someone's debt for 10 cents on the dollar. Yeah, and then they go and try and get the debt back from that person and they get a dollar's worth of value. So this would be like anything, like if you pay for half an apple and you get a full apple, right? But what happens is, so we, when, when the licks trade down and they look like they're at a discount, you might say, oh, it's trading at 0.8. Um, what that would mean is 0.8, of the value of what's inside. So you're getting it for 20% less or what? So if it was priced at a discount, the lick might be $4 mm -hmm. if you log into your brokerage and type in the code and want to buy it. Yep. And it might be valued at $5, that basket on the website. Yeah, so if you look, everything inside is worth $5. Now, some people see that and they're like, wow, I'll go and buy it and then I'll sell it when it gets to $5. You know, the catch is up. But sometimes it doesn't really happen. And so... Yes, it can be a good move to to purchase or to make the investment in this listed investment company when it's below that level, but it doesn't always close the gap. Because some licks can trade at a discount for a very long time. Forever. And yes. if you go to one of these shareholder meetings, the first thing that's brought up by the question in the question time is, 
how are you going to close the discount? That's what they say. Yeah. And it's a thing in our industry because it is a valid point, right? Like if you have invested in one of these things, let's say you invested in it and then it became a discount. Well, then you're thinking, well, I, you know, why have... Why well, I my, can't sell my investment for the fair what value. Yeah. So what are you going to do about that? And so what happens is you get a lot of activist shareholders come along and they say, you need to do better. You need to communicate better. You need to either sell all the shares and give us our money back or, you know, someone needs to come in here and take control. So what actually happens is... Um, I won't, I'll just finish on this note, but what actually happens is sometimes there are enough shareholders that rally together and they petition for it to close down so that if it gets to, say, 0.75, so meaning that it's trading at less than one equal, um, they'll go, okay, we're closing it down. And what they do is they just go and sell all the shares and give everyone their money back at a dollar. So they make the 25%. And yeah. that can happen. Because the basket still has value that they can sell. It's just more the structure provides some challenges. Yeah, absolutely. And also, like, it definitely impacts lesser-known licks. Um, so things like AFIC are a little bit different because you can look at the um, the chart over time of where the share price is in Versus. relation to the value of the basket. But some of those licks that are lesser-known, people don't really know the manager, people haven't heard of the brand, sometimes that's at a discount, yeah. definitely. I... Um, I would just add a few things here, and if I just skip ahead a, b- a bit, Kate, just in that a lot of the listed investment companies, when they report their performance, they only report the performance of the investment portfolio. So this would be like the CBA, the BHP, how have we done it investing? That doesn't ne- necessarily make it your return, because remember, you're not investing in the individual shares, you're getting the overall company. Yeah, and there's fees. And there's fees. So make sure that you are thinking about it from your perspective of what have I got back from this in investment. Uh, have you got any questions for me? Oh, I think we should just have a quick look at how AFI could be used in your portfolio. Yeah, so for retirees, I think it can be used. Financial planner here in the office, Drew, always just agrees with me. Um, I think it, retirees would love something like this. Yep. Um, you get fully frank dividends. You get a sensible investment team at the helm. I even think younger people could use it if you're interested in passive income, if you're on the fire journey and you want dividends. Why not? The alternatives, however, would be an ETF that does exactly the same thing, basically. Yeah, and we mentioned quite a few alternate yeah. ETFs in our ETF mini-series, but you've got things like VAS, A200, IOZ, and STW. They're yep. not ex- exactly the same. The, the holdings are slightly different, but they do invest in large Australian businesses. Yep, um, and I guess... So another thing, if you like read the Peter Fawnhill books, it's great. One of the key challenges of an ETF is, as I mentioned before, the tax, whereas with a lick, it's more controlled. And you don't have to wait for that pesky ETF statement at the end of the year. That annoys the bejesus yeah. out of me, waiting for that thing. And there's also another similar ET- uh, some, sorry. Similar lick. There's another similar lick called Argo, which would be worth exploring if you're interested in listed investment companies. Yeah, and there are others. Like the the, the most well-known from a like an, a lick industry perspective is Wilson Asset Management. They run a bunch of different licks. I would say they've got 10 um, and they all do different things. So make sure when you think about a lick, you actually go and look on their website and see what they're invested in. Because some of them, for example, Kate, can be invested in US shares. Yeah, and some are a lot more active than AFIC. Yeah, some of them can have private companies. So they take your money as a public investor in a public company and they go and invest in private businesses that aren't on the stock exchange. And then it becomes a bit more tricky to understand what your basket is worth. Yeah, exactly. So you can buy your uh, AFIC shares. They trade under the ticker symbol AFI if you go down that path. Remember, one of the things that Kate and I always emphasize is having an investment plan. Just because we bring up this thing doesn't mean you should go and invest in it. We don't, neither of us own it. 
for context. Not to say it's bad, good or bad. We're just saying only invest in something that you hear on the show if it actually aligns with your strategy because you just there's just no point. But yeah, and you might find you've already got similar holdings in an ETF and AFIC would just give you overlap. So yeah. you don't want to just jump into something without doing your research and just writing down a few dot points of why do you want to invest in that. If you go through our ETF mini-series, you'll learn some of the basics of what to look for. You can apply some of that to yeah. looking at AFI. Absolutely. We've done uh, a recent review. We've looked at many of the, the ETFs. You know, we did VEDHG. We looked at some of the, we looked at CBA as a review. That's one of our most popular episodes of recent times. And so you can go and you can listen to those episodes for the different alternatives. So we've done one on shares. Now we've done one on licks. We've done one on ETFs. We've done diversified ETFs. I don't know what's next. A REIT? Yeah. We Maybe. Have, I don't think we've done a REIT. We no, we haven't. We could do a REIT. Please vote. Tell us a Get, get to us on social media or if you're a core member. Um, tell us what you want to hear next. Yes, yeah. and you can buy licks the same way you buy ETFs. It's just a little bit different in terms of you're buying a share of a company. Mm-hmm. You're not buying a unit of the ETF. So you can pick your price and it's probably a little bit you should have a look at the price before you place your lick order. Yeah, absolutely you should. Just like you should check anything. But yeah, yeah buy- even more important to check the website and find out what the information is and when it was released yeah um it's you know with with these things i think with uh afic and with most of the licks it's all about long-term investing so we are i mean that's what we do here we're Mm. we're not traders we're not speculators we are people that tend to invest for 5 10 20 years this thing's been around for over 50 yeah and if you look at the performance charts from afic it is a very slow and steady race yeah they're not going to try and invest in the next hot tech stock or something like that you know it's steady as she goes because they've done it for so long so if you want to find out more information about AFIC or about licks in general you can head to the AFIC website there'll be a link in the show notes and also if you want to learn about more about ETFs we put a link to our best ETFs website in there and if you want to learn about ETFs join us inside Rascore $9.99 a month cancel anytime uh, Kate this is a bit of fun you know I actually I think that in the next 10 years I'm going to invest in a couple of licks to be honest I, so? I have high I think it's a high probability mm-hmm. because I like it them from a tax perspective yeah so that was licks. It was pretty dense. It was a bit confusing with positives and negatives, NTAs and stuff. If you made it through, don't worry. You don't have to invest in a lick if you don't want to. You can stick with ETFs. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, there's no right or wrong answer here. But uh, Kate, bit of fun. As always, thanks for joining me. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Australian Finance Podcast, where our mission is to improve the financial futures of all Australians. If you'd like to learn more, create a free account at rusk.com.au forward slash account to download free episode workbooks, bonus resources, and take our amazing free personal finance courses. You can also join our online community by following the link in the description. If you enjoyed the show, what we'd love is for you to leave us a snappy review on iTunes. And you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Rask Australia. Kate and I are also on both of those channels. Finally, if you have any feedback, suggestions for episodes or guests to come on the show, or you just have a question for us, shoot us an email at podcast at rask.com.au. Are you thinking about starting your wealth creating journey, but not sure where to put your hard earned dollars? InvestSmart can help. InvestSmart offers a free quiz that makes it easy to find the right InvestSmart ETF portfolio to help you reach your goals. 
Just visit investsmart.com.au and hit get started. Answer a few simple questions about your goals and how much you want to invest and you'll get a tailored statement of advice with a portfolio recommendation. You can visit investsmart.com.au for a no-obligations free statement of advice. This ad is brought to you by InvestSmart Advice, AFSL 334107. For more than a decade, I've been hunting for the best investors and their methods, strategies, and tools for investing. After years in the industry, countless books, a few degrees, and 1,000 podcasts and live shows, I've rolled this accumulated knowledge into something called Rask Invest. If you've ever heard me talk about a core and a satellite, active and passive, true long-term compounding, or you simply want to know exactly how I would invest, now is your chance. Rask Invest is our new investment service, designed for all types of investors who want professional management of their core portfolio at a low cost from a team they trust. Rask Invest helps you automate your wealth creation and passive income. Simply click the link that says Invest with Owen in your podcast player to join one of our live platform walkthroughs or book a call with us. You can also view the Rask Invest PDS and TMD and get invested with me.